Hello, you're listening to On Israel in Al Monitor, I'm Ben Kaspit in Tel Aviv. Most media coverage of Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's trip to the U.S. last week focused on his appearance before the U.N. General Assembly. But in fact, he gave his best performance at a meeting in New York with leaders of Jewish federations in North America and other Jewish-American groups. Witnesses say Bennett's audience was wildly enthusiastic about the new prime minister, and not only because he wears a small kippah and was born in San Francisco. It felt as if the cloud over relations in recent years between Israel and the Jewish diaspora had lifted to be replaced by what diplomats like to call cautious optimism. Bennett is hoping to restart Israel's relations not only with the Democratic administration and the Democratic Party, but also, perhaps mainly, with the world's second-largest Jewish community, long considered Israel's most important asset on U.S. soil. He faces an uphill battle in repairing the damage caused by his predecessor, Benjamin Netanyahu, who made many American Jews, especially those who adhere to the reform and conservative streams of Judaism, that Israel and its leader were simply fed up with them. Since most American Jews hold liberal domestic views, vote for Democrats, and do not practice Orthodox uh, Judaism, the gap between them and the Jewish state has been expanding and deepening. Today's guest on uh, Al Monitor's On Israel podcast is one of the most experienced and respected experts on diaspora Jewry. He's also an experienced and highly knowledgeable commentator on U.S.-Israeli relations. Shmuel Rosner is a journalist, a senior fellow at the Institute of the Jewish People, editor of nonfiction at Kinneret Zmora Bitan, one of the country's top publishing houses, and a contributor to the New York Times editorial page, the Jewish Chronicle, and the Israeli Daily Ma'ariv. He joins us right after this short break. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform, on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Now I'm uh, privileged to say uh, hello and shalom to my friend and colleague, uh, Shmuel Rosner. Shalom, Shmuel, how are you doing? And thank you for joining us here in, uh, on Israel in Al Monitor. There's nothing like the fall in Tel Aviv, and uh, thank you for having me. Of course, I'm uh, totally uh, agreeing with you. 
Let's talk about the Prime Minister's Bennett visit to New York and especially the meeting with the, with the leadership of the Jewish diaspora federations. And I want to hear, hear you. you, you deal with it on, almost on a daily basis. What do you hear? What are you hearing for Bennett's appearance before Jewish leaders in New York? I heard it was very successful. And I wonder what did you hear? Well, I also hear it was successful. It was successful in the sense that uh, Bennett didn't make any mistakes when he appeared before uh, this crowd. And this crowd was happy to see a prime minister that isn't uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. So, uh, you know, it, it's a fresh start for him. It's a fresh start for them. And uh, at least on the, uh, on the American side, they are hoping that a fresh start means also getting rid of some of the ailments that uh, disrupted uh, Israel-Diaspora relations in the last decade or so. Uh, It's not as if Bennett brought with him a message that is starkly different from what we heard uh, from uh, Netanyahu in the past concerning uh, uh, political affairs. But his message of reconciliation, his message concerning uh, state and religious affairs in Israel, Uh, his message concerning a more pluralistic type of government and pluralistic type of uh, Israeli society. All these are messages that are uh, fairly easy to communicate to an American crowd and and, uh, they welcome such message uh, across the ocean. So let's go one square back and I want to to ask you to, to try to describe the relations with the American Jewish community that Bennett inherited from his predecessor. Are, there, are they in ruins, a total loss, or is the situation reversible and they can be restored to their condition when Israel was still a consensus issue? Well, for, first of all, I, uh, I, don't, I do not want to be an alarmist on this issue. We, uh, there's a lot of rhetoric that we hear from both sides as if uh, you know, some Israelis believe that the American Jewish community is doomed and has no future. Some American Jews believe that Israel is doomed and uh, ceased to be a, a liberal democracy. I think on both sides, we should uh, refrain from exaggerations and, and overventilation of, of such say, statements. Uh, the situation in Israel in the United States is very different. We live under different circumstances. We have different sensitivities and hence it is natural that differences of opinion and, and um, will, will appear from time to time on certain issues. The two main issues on which Uh, American Jews have grievances when it comes to Israel are the political situation, namely uh, mostly the Israeli-Palestinian issue. And then the other issue is is, uh, concerning uh, religious affairs in Israel, namely the uh, control or dominance of the Orthodox stream in Israeli religious affairs, while most American Jews belong to other streams. Uh, In addition to these two issues, there is the very delicate thing of Israel-America relations, namely the relations between uh, the Israeli government and the United States government. And by this, I mean, and you know, we've all been here, 
in the last uh, decade or so. So we know that uh, in recent decades, it appears as if whenever Israel is satisfied with the American administration, American Jews aren't happy with it and vice versa. So Israel was pleased with the uh, second Bush administration, American Jews did not support it. Then American Jews supported the Obama administration, Israelis and the Israeli government clashed with it. Then came along Donald Trump. Again, Israelis seem, seems to, seem to be pleased with the American administration and American Jews were terrified by it. And now again, with, we see this with the Biden administration, but the Biden administration is a more complicated uh, issue because we have a new Israeli government. And it seems as if for the first time, maybe since the Clinton administration and the Itzhak Rabin government, for the first time in 30 years, an Israeli government is trying to get along with a government that most American Jews support. So taking into account these three issues, the Palestinians, a very problematic thing uh, that I don't think the new government is about to resolve, religious affairs on which the current government is much better in the eyes of American Jews than the previous governments, and the issue of getting along with the American administration, we see uh, a renewal attempt at trying to achieve something that is more convenient for American Jews to live with. So actually what you're describing us here uh, is that there is no correlation over the years between what is happening here and what is happening in American politics while uh, American politics move, moved many times to the, to the liberal end. Uh, the, in Israel, something totally different happened and vice versa. And now it's mixed. By the way, you're talking about a, a taste of Clinton in, in the Biden administration. And I, I want to, to, to remind you that I think, I don't, I don't remember who published it in the last 24 or 48 hours, uh, the Benny Gantz, the, the defense minister described himself in his last conversation with Abu Mazen, the chairman of the Palestinian Authority as the new Itzhak Rabin. So maybe we are, uh, we will have uh, history comes uh, coming back uh, at us. But they, was I right describing it like, like the, the, the two communities are moving on on a, on a total different directions? Well, it's it's clear, and and you know this uh, as much as I do, or maybe even better, that Israel since the early two uh, thousands moved moved rightward. Um, you know, I do not condemn Israelis for move, moving to the right. They were, uh, they were to, to uh, use a famous uh, American expression, mugged by reality. Uh, the reality of the early 2000s uh, showed to many Israelis that what they thought was a peace process was uh, uh, indeed something else. And many of them never returned to their previous belief in the ability of Israelis and Palestinians to uh, achieve peace. They were also hardened by uh, the position of Hezbollah in Lebanon. They were hardened by the, uh, but what they see in Syria and in Iran. So the fact that Israelis on defense issues and some other issues move to the right is understandable. Uh, 
but you're right, on, on the other uh, side of the ocean, America, and especially so American Jews, uh, moved to the left. Uh, they moved to the more liberal side. They were disillusioned by the uh, attempts of the Bush administration to intervene in Middle East affairs. Uh, and they look at Israel with uh, per perplexion and, and some uh, uh, disillusion. They see Israel as something that is alien to their sentiment as American Jews. And again, we, we, should, we should all remember that the sentiments of American Jews are based on their experience as a minority in America, while in Israel, the sentiments of Israeli Jews are based on our experience as a majority in Israel. To expect these two communities to have the same ideology, the same sentiments, the same, uh, so to speak, uh, theology is, is just naive. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we should begin any conversation under the assumption that American Jews and Israeli Jews cannot be the same. This is how we must begin our conversation. And then we should look for, for common ground. But it was difficult in recent years for, for many of the reasons that we just mentioned. Maybe you're saying let's uh, downgrade our expectations and then we'll be surprised to the, to the better. But I want to talk, to talk with you about Prime Minister Bennett. Do you think that uh, he, of all people, a religious, relatively conservative, pro-settlement Jew can fix relations with the liberal uh, reform community? And, and later we'll talk about whatever can he do uh, uh, with, with the, the administration itself. Well, to, to Bennett's uh, advantage, uh, I can count two things. Uh, first, he was, he was a diaspora affairs minister uh, uh, just a few years ago, and he did quite well. You know, he, it was clear that even though he comes from a, an orthodox background, he uh, had no great difficulty in dealing with uh, progressive Jews uh, uh, listening to them, understanding their concerns. Uh, Bennett is an Orthodox Israeli, but he is not Orthodox of the old type, so to speak. He is not a member of the most conservative uh, faction of the uh, uh, religious Zionist movement. He is not a member of the Haredi uh, factions. And for him to have a civil conversation with the more progressive uh, streams of Judaism is something that, that seems natural. Uh, the other thing that stands for him is the fact that he established a coalition with, um, without ultra-Orthodox members. So he's not, he's not restricted by agreements with the ultra-Orthodox parties, that's one thing. And, and the other thing is that within his coalition, there are people who clearly support and uh, advance the, uh, the causes of uh, uh, more progressive Jewish streams, including a reform rabbi from, uh, from the Labour Party, Rabbi Gilad Kariv. So all these uh, facts, the fact that he can establish such coalition and that he already proved his ability to have a conversation uh, that is again uh, they don't always agree but it was civil with the um, with the movements i think this speaks volumes 
to his ability to fix at least this part of the conversation with the, the American Jewish community. And the Rabbi Gilad Kariv, he was our guest a few weeks ago here in, the, in our podcast. And uh, if uh, he, uh, Bennett, were to ask you uh, your opinion in this regard, what would you advise other than de- declarations and speeches, maybe renewing when Netanyahu, if you remember, approved the solution to the Kotel, to the reforms in the Kotel, and then, and then uh, they just voted it out. What, what do you think Bennett can do uh, in reality in order to get closer to the American Jews? Well, the, the Kotel compromise is, is the obvious uh, low-hanging fruit. This is something that he can uh, relatively easily do. I think he will have support within his own coalition for such move, and it is something that, uh, again, it's, it's not the most significant act, but it, it's a symbolic act symbolic. that will signify, that will signal to Americans that this government means well so I would, I would certainly implement the, uh, the Kotel Compromise and I would look for similar symbolic actions that the government can enact in order to, to signal to American Jews that, that they are important to us. Again, I do not expect, nor do I think it is reasonable to expect that Israel will handle its uh, uh, foreign affairs or security affairs according to the sentiments of American Jews. When Israel has to fight in Gaza, the question of whether American Jews do or do not feel comfortable about it, I don't think is going to matter much, neither to this government, nor to any future government that I can envision. But we can still signal to the American Jewish community that they are important to us, that we try to a, a compromise on issues where it's possible and that we are looking for partnerships, not necessarily on everything, but, but on things that, that are available for us and are reasonable for us. And to look for such partnerships is an important thing that this government uh, can certainly pursue. Uh, by the way, I think that uh, uh, the new diaspora affairs minister, uh, Nachman Shai, is going to try and do exactly this thing. What about the conversion issue? Well, conversion is, is um, conversion More complicated. Is, is contra- yeah, it's complicated, it's controversial. Uh, I assume that the um, religious affairs minister, Matan Kahana, is going to try and um, reform the system of conversion in Israel but he's going to try and and reform it in a way that keeps it orthodox uh, in essence. So will American Jews be be pleased by what he's about to do? I think they will understand that it's a move in the right direction, that he wants to liberalize the uh, system of conversion in some way, but it's not going to be a liberalization in the sense that Israel is going to move for full, uh, uh, you know, free market type of conversion. It is, it is still important for most Israelis to have yes. a system that is still at least somewhat more conservative than what we see in the United States today. And we must say, you know, 
what we see in the United States with conversion or with mixed marriages or with uh, assimilation is not something that most Israelis would like to import to this country. And again, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, uh, criticizing American Jews, nor do I criticize, criticize Israeli Jews. We live in different circumstances. We should uh, understand and realize that uh, the solutions we find for different difficulties are going to be different for America and for Israel. Let's move uh, on to politics. The most recent storm in the U.S.-Israeli relations grew out of the slight procedural delay in congressional approval for Iron Dome funding by uh, progressive Democrats. Is this uh, faction in the Democratic Party a real threat to the parties and the administration's support of Israel? What else can we expect from uh, this gang? Well, uh, the fact of the matter is that we don't know. It's a real faction. It's, uh, it has a real megaphone and, and it's noticeable within the Democratic Party. And in that regard, it is worrying for Israel and for Israelis. You know, uh, these people are truly radical. Their uh, dislike of Israel is uh, significant. And I don't think it's a dislike that Israel can fix. Uh, you know, Israelis and Americans alike should understand that there are undercurrents in the American uh, social fabric that Israel cannot fix. If, uh, if more Americans are becoming uh, prone to think that Israel is an evil country, uh, then, we have a, then we have a problem. And I, I don't think this problem can be fixed by slightly amending our security policies or by, by trying uh, uh, in a more pronounced way to achieve peace with the Palestinians. I, I don't think that peace, peace with the Palestinians evades Israel only because of Israeli uh, objectionism. I think uh, there are two uh, parties to this uh, problem. I think Israelis might not be ready for a for a final uh, peace agreement with the Palestinians, but I don't think pal Palestinians are ready as well. So, so if Israel is seen as evil country by these people, and if these people become the dominant uh, party uh, within the Democratic Party, then certainly Israel has a problem. I think we do have hope in the sense that the Democratic Party wants to stay in power and if uh, people as radical as the members of the so-called squad will become the dominant uh, faction within the Democratic Party, the chances of the Democratic Party to become a ruling party in the United States will be declining. We, we saw such sentiment in the early 70s uh, within the Democratic Party and the result was not, um, was not good for, for the party. You know, you, we, we saw eight years of uh, the Nixon and Ford administration, then a very short period of the Carter administration, and then the many years of Reagan, then Bush, then a moderate democratic administration of Clinton, then another eight years of Bush. So, so when the democratic party is moving radically to the left, the result is the loss of 
uh, their ability to rule America. Uh, I think the hope for, for Israel is that uh, radicals in the United States do not win. Uh, by and large, when radicals rule the United States, it's not good for the Jews in America, it's not good for Israel. For both Jews and Israel, it is much better to see an American administration that is fairly moderate, that is reasonable, uh, an administration that is not, uh, uh, that is not making America uh, seem radical in the global arena. So at least in this sense, I think Israel and American Jews have the same, uh, the same priorities or the same interests. We would like to see a strong America and to see a strong America means to have an America that is not radical. It's an America that is moderate and rational. Uh, I want to ask you also about Vice President Kamala Harris that also made waves in recent days by failing to respond to a student who asked her about their genocide that Israel was allegedly committing. Should Bennett and uh, maybe Foreign Minister Lapid demand clari clarifications or are we talking here simply about a misguided attempt of uh, at, uh, containment, particularly favored by American liberals? How would you define uh, the vice president? Is she a true believer in Israel or a reluctant supporter? No, I, I think the vice president is, is a, a moderate dem Democrat. I don't think she's a hostile to Israel in any way. I think what happened with her is uh, demonstrative of the tragic situation in which the American political discourse finds itself. Her inability to respond forcefully to what was clearly uh, uh, you know, a biased and uninformed statement uh, is not a testament to her hostility to Israel. It's a testament to her inability to have a frank and honest conversation with her constituency. What should Israel do in such situation? I think Israel should and probably will communicate to the vice president uh, that it expects a clarification at some point. And I'm almost certain that Vice President uh, Harris will find the opportunity to clarify her position in Israel to, to, make it, uh, to make it clear both to Israelis and to her democratic constituencies that, she's, that she uh, stands alongside Israel, that she supports Israel, that she did not join the most extremist faction of the Democratic Party in denouncing Israel as if Israel is a, is a country that has no legitimacy. I don't think Kamala Harris is part of that faction. And again, it's a, it was sad, it was sad to, to witness, again, for me as an Israeli, I was sad to witness this event, not because I'm worried about Harris and her views, but rather because I'm somewhat worried about the state of political uh, conversation in America. Understood. My final question, Shmuel Rosner, is what lies ahead for uh, relations between the Bennett government and the Biden administration? Can we expect flare-ups over the reopening, for example, of the American consulate in East Jerusalem or the 
eviction of Khan al-Ahmar's residence, or maybe over the failure to advance negotiations with the Palestinians and the infuriating scenes of radical settlers rioting against Palestinians. Do you see much uh, such events undermining the fragile trust that uh, is just starting the, to emerge between the two leaders? Is there real chemistry between them or are the Americans, just like all of Israel's coalition parties, making nice with him only because of their intense dislike of Netanyahu? Well, I think it's too early to, to talk about chemistry. Uh, we must remember that uh, Biden and Bennett come from uh, very different backgrounds. Uh, they are of a different, very different age. Uh, I, I think chemistry would, would be a stretch. Uh, but I think for now, there is some kind of equilibrium or a status quo between the two administrations. The Biden administration is determined uh, not to interfere with the way the Bennett-Lapid government is functioning. I think they will do their best not to be the cause uh, for which this government uh, uh, must dismantle itself. So for Biden to, to let this government live and survive is an important uh, cause. I think uh, Bennett and Lapid made a decision and you know it might be a good or a bad decision. Only time will tell. They made a decision to try a different tactic with the, Ameri the American administration to try and have a, a civil, and um, behind, behind closed doors type of conversations, both on the Palestinian issue, but most importantly on the Iranian issue. And I think that events, uh, events will determine the future of these two administrations. Uh, I think they both intend well. They do not want to have a fight it is essential and important for both governments. But, you know, the Iranians might not play along. The Palestinians might not play along. Uh, Hezbollah, uh, Hezbollah might not play along. If we see a flare-up in the Middle East because of uh, some reason, if we see an Israel that is disillusioned by the way uh, America handles the Iran situation, if we something changes in the circumstances, this could bring to the surface uh, uh, the, different, the different ideologies of the, of the two governments, but I don't see it in the coming, uh, coming in the near future. I think in the near future, there is a firm decision by the two governments to try and get along with one another. And at least for now, this is what we are going to see. And like we say in the Middle East, touch wood. Well, Rosner, it was very interesting. I thank you here again very much about, uh, for joining us here in uh, Al Monitor. And uh, now we'll take a short break and be right back after the break with some final thoughts. Uh, thank you again, Shmuel Rosner. Tudaraba. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for having me. Shalom, shalom. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of the award winning media news site, El Monitor where we cover the Middle East with some of the best reporters and columnists anywhere. And I'm excited to announce our new podcast, On the Middle East, where each week I will interview newsmakers from the U.S. and the region about the latest news and trends with additional commentary from our on-the-ground correspondents. Those of you who follow the region know that what happens in the Middle East doesn't stay in the Middle East. 
and to cite another great movie line, every time the U.S. tries to get out, the region pulls us back. Your time is valuable, so let me promise you this. You will learn something and you will never be bored because each week we'll be talking with and listening to those leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in this critical and fascinating region. So please subscribe to On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Thank you for staying with us. Our guest today was not so enthusiastic about the meeting between Prime Minister Bennett and the leaders of the Jewish federations in North America. He said it was a good meeting, but there was nothing to write home about, no new message and no new promises, but maybe new spirit. Shmuel Rosner said that it is actually a fresh start and the biggest advantage that uh, Bennett brought with him is the fact that he is not Benjamin Netanyahu. There were no specific messages, but uh, a lot of hopes uh, on both sides. Rosner is uh, also not uh, so pessimistic like, like I am, for example, about the, the gap between the Jews in Israel and the American Jewry. He says that uh, there is gap. But it's not so fatalistic, and it comes from uh, the circumstances that uh, we in Israel uh, live in totally different circumstances than the American Jews. There is the Israeli-Palestinian uh, problem. There are uh, religious matters and affairs because Israel is dominantly orthodox, and the Jews in the United States of America are uh, mainly liberal. If I can give an example, it's, it's within the family. We are not uh, separated yet. When I told him that uh, the Israeli public uh, moved in the last decade, a significant move to the right, uh, Shmuel Rosner said uh, he approved, he agreed, but he said that uh, the Israeli public moved to the right because Israelis were mugged by reality. And the move to the right is understandable. In the same time, American Jews uh, moved uh, more to the liberal side or to the left side. Mainly it's because uh, in Israel, uh, the Jews are uh, the majority. In the United States, the Jews are a minority. In the bottom line, I think uh, Shmuel Rosner is optimistic about the chances to a new start, uh, maybe a renewal or a restart of the, of the relationship between uh, the Israeli government and the American Jews. He said that uh, Bennett's biggest advantage is that he was a diaspora minister, and he, he, he believes and he understands the American Jews, and he's not coming with any uh, agenda or hatred towards the, the reform and conservative Jews. And actually, the main reason is that the Orthodox in Israel are not in Bennett's coalition, and this is the key point. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope to find you here next uh, week in the same place and the same time in Al Monitor in, on Israel. I am Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Thank you, and take care. <laughs>